just what do seven and eight-year-olds talk about on the phone? It is not much. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's mostly making faces, but it's really cute. So... Hey, welcome to Marginally, a podcast about writing, work, and friendship. I'm Olivia, a consultant living in Ukraine and London, working on a novel and daydreaming about lots of other projects. And I'm Megan, a librarian and freelance indexer, writing about complex women's friendships for both young adult and adult audiences. In today's episode, we had the privilege of talking to two of our favorite podcast friends, KJ Delantonia and Jessica Leahy. KJ and Jess, along with Serena Bowen, co-host the Hashtag M Writing Podcast, which is one of our very favorite writing and sort of the business of writing podcasts that is out there. So obviously, if you haven't heard us plug it before, definitely check that out. Um, We've had Jessica and KJ on our podcast before individually, Jess in episode 36 and KJ in episode 40. Uh, But it was really fun to have them back so that we could talk to them about their friendship, and they had many practical and useful ideas for how to keep writing friendships going and what makes a writing friendship special. KJ wrote and edited the Motherload blog for the New York Times from 2011 until 2016, and she was a contributing editor to the Well Family section from 2016 to 2017 as well. She's also the author of How to Be a Happier Parent and the forthcoming novel, The Chicken Sisters, which will be released on June 30th, 2020. So you should definitely... Uh, Check that out and pre-order it if you can. Jess is a teacher and a writer and a mom who is also the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Gift of Failure, How the Best Parents Learn to Let Go So Their Children Can Succeed. Her second book, The Addiction Inoculation, Raising Healthy Kids in a Culture of Dependence, will be released in April 2021. We really enjoyed the discussion with them and we hope you do too. Thank you very much, uh, Jess and KJ, for coming on our podcast As you know, we have been doing this uh, podcast season about friendship, uh, and it's been really fun to actually get to talk to, you know, pairs of writers and uh, really dig into the theme. And you're one of our favorite writing and podcasting friendships. Uh, And also you have a unique situation that you used to also work together. So maybe if you can just give us a bit of kind of the circumstantial background of your friendship, how you met and things like that. KJ, you want to go first? Sure. This is KJ. And... A friend, a mutual friend introduced us. A mutual friend with somewhat questionable taste in friends sometimes. But fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, we, we, we were the exception. Um, <laughs> remember, remember how she would present yeah, these people? No, and you'd be she like, did. Oh. She did. Yeah. There was this one woman that we, oh, anyway, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. The less said, the better. But um, so she was totally right here. And that must have been. I mean, that was definitely when we were little baby writers. We yeah. were. That- yeah, but what she told me was, she said, you know, I know you're trying to figure out, you know, how this writing is going to look for you. And I have this friend who's managing to cobble together, you know, writing here and writing there. And she seems to be making it work. So I think you two should meet. I don't remember what she said about you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Something wonderful, I am yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. And. Yeah, what? So it must have been two thousand and eleven. It's been. Maybe? I think it's been like. I think it's been like thirteen, twelve or thirteen years ago, something like that. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, and um, so we got together and we tried to make a little writing group. Remember? Didn't mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we had, so we tried, we, I think we traded pages like for one month and then all kind of went, let's, we were like one of those book groups that was like, let's just be a wine group, you know, like, <laughs> let's don't read the book. Yeah. Let's don't trade pages. So we didn't end up doing that. We just ended up sort of having these um, semi-regular supportive meals, really. Well, and I would, you know, I taught at the school where KJ's kids went to school. So I would run up to her, to her car yep. during drop off in the morning and, you know, shout into her window how things were going or, oh, did you see that comment on Betsy Lerner's uh, comment section on her website last night? It was this really cool idea, da, da, da. So yeah, did we Did you were, read Miss Snark? This is totally, exactly. like, this was very much of a moment then. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it was really nice for me because at that point, you know, you know, lots of people say that they want to be writers if they or that they are writers. And there are very few people who are really putting in the work of doing it daily. And at that point I was, and I was trying to really get serious about it. And I knew that KJ was serious about it. So it was really a relief for me, especially since I was working full-time as a teacher. And, you know, when you tell people that you're a teacher and the, and a writer, you know, I think there's this, um, this idea that, you know, you have that novel in the drawer that you take out every once in a while and write like three sentences. So you can call your a writer and and I wanted to be taken seriously at that point so it was really a relief to have a friend who uh, took me seriously and took the craft seriously yeah I I, I agree it, every, most of the people that you get introduced to that they're like oh, I have a friend who writes and I, you know because we four are so very much in the writer world I think it can feel like no everyone is a writer we are all <laughs> doing this but the truth is exactly like what Jess said that that most people um most people are not taking a professional approach to it there are a lot of great ways to be a writer and but the one in which you are hoping that this is going to become your uh, your livelihood or a piece of your livelihood is a different one. And that's the one we were doing. In fact, you you know, you know, guys uh, talk a lot about day jobs and, and that kind of thing. And I think we were both very much aware that we were on the track of, I want this to be my day job. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And did you, I mean, were you, that was always explicit when you first uh, started being friends. Like, I think it's interesting. When did you start sort of, I mean, I guess you started initially even sharing pages, but uh, how, I guess, explicitly did you, did that become a real focus of your friendship? The writing? I knew KJ, I, I knew KJ was in it to win it. I, you know, I was very, <laughs> very happy in my day job. So I actually never really ever pictured dropping my day job to be a full-time writer. That was a really difficult decision for me when it finally happened. And it came out of, you know, definitely needing to put my full-time effort into finishing a book and to, you know, to deal with the speaking schedule. But I was very happy in my day job, but I knew for KJ that it had been a dream of hers for a while. And I so respected the, you know, the ferocity with which she went after that. And KJ is really good at thinking many steps ahead. I tend to just sort of jump to the next thing. Um, I tend to be really excited about where I am and, and then maybe the next step, but KJ's, it's really good for me to listen to KJ's process about how she plans her career because she's very much like six steps ahead of where she is right now thinking about, 
about the angles. And it usually, sometimes it isn't until, you know, six months into something that I say, oh, that's where you were going with that. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think we're a good match in that way because I, I think our remember you, our focus you used to different. terrify me <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I know. you'd be like, you'd be like, I have this great idea and I think the person, you know, an agent's going to love it. And I'd be like, great, let me see it. And you'd be like, I already sent it to the agent. <laughs> yeah. They, that's guilty. <laughs> be like, wait. Yeah. It was just, and it was, um, it was such a crap. But the truth is we yeah. have always been writer friends. We are not, um, circumstantial friends. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have kids that are the same age and they were friendly. Um, you know, they, they were friends as kids, but we didn't become friends because of them. Um, we did end up as neighbors for a long time, but that's not why we became friends. It started as, as being writers and it continues to be being writers. And it's yeah. one of my, uh, Jess and our, our really our the third part of our trio, Serena um, Bowen. I just, I love having friends that are not my friends because of any reason that has to do <laughs> with my family or my children. Um, it's so <laughs> yeah. important to yeah. me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, KJ pulled, KJ pulled Serena into our little triumvirate and I couldn't be more grateful. And what's really funny is we have um, the evening I? that I KJ, yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> hey. KJ, we had dinner at a, we had dinner at an Indian restaurant the night I met Serena for the first time and she handed me a copy of her book that hadn't been published yet. And, uh, KJ, uh, KJ was just sort of figuring out her next step. It was a real actual touchstone for all of us, mainly because Serena's first book didn't do well. And so she had to completely, you know, change directions after that. Yeah, that was funny because she, it felt like she was so much ahead of us because she had this published thing. And then, you know, she had to rejigger her career, Mm-hmm. As are this gonna be published thing, and then she ended up having to rejigger her career, too. So I don't know. We've and just grown all, up in so many ways together. We're all good at different things too, which is you know Serena is ridiculous at the business. I mean, she's an economist, and and she constantly remembers to tell us you know reminds us that we have to think of our ROI. <laughs> KJ is so good at strategic long-term planning and uh you know i'm i do more sort of out there in the world speaking whereas kj does more of the sort of online strategy and i it's we learn so much from each other it's ridiculous yeah thank you for giving this opportunity to come on this your podcast and say how wonderful each other (laughs) well that's the whole point i mean that is kind of what we want to do today yeah i wanted to Um, briefly gush and just say that your i mean your podcast and the dynamic that you all have is so wonderful and it just always i mean i know this i'm sure isn't how it feels probably for you guys but it always sounds like you have your shit together and like you know (laughs) you know each in different ways but i like i think it's really uh, a really well put together podcast and like I love that dynamic that you have in real life I think it's really heartening to see that well KJ was the driver for that podcast too that's the other thing is you know I was like wouldn't it be great we should do I went to some seminar and I learned about podcasts and we should do that someday and then KJ said we're doing this now and here's how it's gonna work <laughs> that's Megan's role. and so that was yeah. that was good yeah <laughs> <laughs> Megan's like, great, yeah. I have a website. It has first. to be said, I have a lot of ideas that I don't carry out, but I, I also have a lot of ideas that I do carry. And I'm, and some of them are bad ideas. Um, <laughs> That's some of the fine. ones I carry out are bad ideas. Yeah. So but it's, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm 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 a little dangerous with the with the ideas. <laughs> it is it is true. 
Well, the other nice thing about having um, a group of friends, also one that's been going on as long as ours has, is that we really understand each other. And we also, we talk about this a lot on our podcast is we have a three-way, you know, text thing going on all the time. And, you know, we've gotten to know what each other needs at a given time. They have come to understand that sometimes I will say something out loud and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do it that second, but it's something I'm feeling out and they will give me the appropriate level of feedback on that idea. Whereas I know that when Serena says something, she has already thought it out and it is going to happen unless she says it in a particular way. So we, we sort of have learned to give each other what we need. You know, that's the danger always with editors is do you want a full, you know, tear this apart reading of this? Or do you want to be reassured that, yes, it was good that you already sent this to your agent this morning, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, That's always really helpful. And I think that only comes from obviously mutual respect for each other's work. And they're my most important sounding boards. And my husband as well, he's a writer as well. So these guys are I pass ideas by them before I pass it by anyone else. Um, and, and I respect the feedback they give me about, um, about my work and, and just my ideas. You know, one really important thing, and I would love to hear how you guys handle this, is that um, we have, we've worked, th- we've sort of worked through and worked out certain rules. They're not really rules, but unspoken policies around like, <laughs> You know, if it's, it's, I mean, there have been times that I have said something that was, you know, deeply tactless to Jess or she, or uses almost invariably via text, or, you know, she has said something that I have found upsetting. And, uh, you know, we just, we just go right back in with, hey, ouch. Or, you know, hey, you didn't, you didn't really mean that uh, I shouldn't have recorded that video before I combed my hair or whatever, yeah. did you? Like, or, or, you know, wait, or is, is, um, you know, was that real or was that, like, like we've, we've been really good about asking instead mm-hmm. of sort of, you know, I, I, there have definitely been moments and I can't think of any of them specifically when, you know, I've, I've sat there thinking, well, you know, probably Jess and Serena don't like me anymore. And they're saying this mean <laughs> thing about me in the text chat. Um, because, you know, or, I mean, you, you know what your brain does, right? Yeah, yeah. And to, to, instead of sort of maybe, you know, going to my partner or, or just keeping that in my head, my self to, to be like, in your hamster you know, wheel, wait, yeah. in my hamster wheel. Perfect. Yeah. To be like, wait, guys, um, you know, that hurt my feelings or wait, you know, you didn't mean this or hello, I feel like we didn't, you know, I told you this thing that was really important to me and I feel like you guys took it as a joke. Um, And then they're like, no, we didn't know. Just (laughs) make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We we don't leave wounds to fester. And also, because there's three of us and this is a little different, I think we have an unspoken rule that that we never, we don't ever text without. I mean, like, I've texted Serena or Jess without the other one to say something like, um, you know, meet you at three thirty in the bathroom, <laughs> right? Or, or um, uh, you know, or by the way, I just noticed that you know your 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 window was open on your car in the parking, but never, never. I mean, even like when two of us are traveling together, we stay on the text chain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, and the other person just has to put up with. Um, 
because that way you don't end up feeling like people are I, I just, Ganging I, just, up I don't know why something. we've worked it out that yeah, way, but yeah. it's definitely the way it's played out. Well, and I have to say it did get complicated this past summer. KJ was going through some stuff and we oh. were trying to be really delicate about our communications. Um, you know, there are certain rules like, okay, we don't text about politics. That's a really important one. Um, but not because we disagree, but because I'm right. just, I <laughs> because it can be so it's, easily slapped out of whatever I'm doing right. by something yeah. that is infuriating. Yeah, it's right. distracting. So, <laughs> so we were trying to be very, you know, very careful about what KJ needed this past summer. And oh, I, there let's was this just one, say I had breast oh, cancer. Oh, KJ, KJ had cancer. Yeah. Okay. Well, KJ, I, I didn't do, know how far you wanted to go. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah. we had to, you know, we had to negotiate new ground rules, mainly because we were just trying to be as supportive as possible. And there was this one lunch one time when we all sat down and we're kind of quiet and we're kind of talking around things. And KJ's like, okay, we can talk about it. <laughs> so she had to, you know, there's, there, we, it, it's, it's really interesting as friendships evolve, you know, and, and you feel like, and your lives change and your lives evolve and our needs change. It's, it's really amazing to have two friends who can evolve with you. And that's been an incredible gift for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And being open about things like that lunch, that has just been, it's so nice to have a place where, can, where we can be that way too. You mm -hmm. know, I, I literally would text these guys sometimes and be like, hello, I need a lot of sympathy right now. Give me, <laughs> give me. Or I would text and say, okay, this bad thing has happened and I actually don't want you to comment it at all on it all at all. I just want you to know that it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. good lesson in getting your needs met in other ways too. I mean, I've, I've learned yeah. to say things to other people in my life. Like, you know what? I expect a birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, sometimes, yes. Yeah. No, that's so. What's interesting is because um, our Olivia's and my relationship is has developed kind of in the opposite way. Like we were friends first, and we wrote together, but we were in college, so it was you know student newspaper and papers for classes we took together, and we didn't get into creative writing until, I mean, like really into it until our early thirties. And so we weren't, we developed the writing part after we had developed the friendship and set the ground rules. And we've kind of had a long distance friendship since graduation. And so, I mean, kind of, we actually have not <laughs> <Yeah>. sort of, <laughs> we've been on d different continents since 2003, basically. Wow. Um, uh, with a few like, you know, yeah, true small. Story. Yeah. Yeah. So we had those ground rules in place to begin with. And so it was, it was a little easier in when it came to, well, sharing writing was just like you took your writing friendship and turned it into a personal one. We kind of turned that same corner, but the opposite, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and it is interesting to watch how everything changes when you open up a relationship to more pieces of yourself. There's not a question there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's also when we have so many decades behind us, as we all do, um, there are bound to be moments when one person is feeling more successful or more personally um, fulfilled or more, I mean, and I, I don't mean feeling it themselves. I mean, to the other person, you mm -hmm. know, when you're looking at, when I'm looking at Jess on the bestseller list and going, well, I want to be on, I mean, believe me, believe me, 
you know, that happens. And I know that in uh, the other side of that is just looking at me and going, wow, I want to be in the New York Times like a couple of years before that. Yeah. Well, um, and KJ signed with our agent before I did. And I was the right. one who, who greased the wheels of that introduction. Indeed you did. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out, you know, and then both of us looking at Serena and going, oh, you know, I, I so many bestseller lists and also just right. that that work ethic. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I will we, say it's we been have interesting. lots of reasons it, to feel jealous. So the fact that we can just feel right. it and not let it be getting in the way is lovely to me. I think it's also interesting now that KJ and I used to write on the same turf, um, slightly, you know, slightly different angles. I was writing about parenting from an education angle and she was writing about straight parenting stuff. And and on top of that, of course, she was my boss there for a while, which is a whole other topic. But yeah, it's think, amazing. I we think, lived through that. <laughs> I know. I think now that uh, KJ is, you know, writing fiction and occasionally dipping her toes into journalism and I'm over, you know, I'm moving more into substance abuse and other topics having to do with education and raising kids in a different sort of from a different angle. And, and Serena writes, you know, romance. And I think it's good for our friendship that we're all on slightly different turf now yes yeah yeah I think that makes sense I was gonna ask if like when you feel jealous I mean is that something that you talk about like do you say I'm jealous of this or do you sort of sit with it yourself and yeah. then maybe joke about it later yeah we talk about it it's and you know with a slightly I don't think I, I think it's good to talk about it and and I think if this had been 10 years ago maybe it would have been different but KJ has no problem talking about the fact that, you know, she wishes that her parenting book had made the New York Times bestseller list and mine did. And I have no problem telling her that I am so jealous of the pieces she writes for the op-ed page at the New York Times. But at the same time, it's coming from a place of incredible pride for her. I'm so proud of her and I'm so happy for her. Yep. And, you know, we, we did a podcast um, about this just recently with um, Julie Lithcott-Hames, who wrote mm -hmm. How to Raise an Adult. Yeah. And our books came out. We at the same time, love that episode. on the same turf. And, you know, at a certain point, it is perfectly fine to say, like Julie and I even shared what we, what our book advances were. And there was some conversation there because they were different. And, uh, you know, I think it's really good for us to talk about these things and to admit that, you know, we have envy, but we are also just so proud of each other. And I don't, I think it would be, I, I think it would be fake or false or, and disingenuous to, pretend like there's never any professional jealousy. I mean, Serena Bowen churns out a couple of books a year. They all make the bestseller list and they're, and she has incredibly loyal readers and an email mailing list that we would cut off a limb for. Yes. She has people emailing her. And by people, I don't mean two. I don't mean her mother right. and her friend. I mean, lots of people emailing her people to say- People have tattoos. People have tattoos of emailing her, her to say on their you, bodies can you release this next book early because we're all so stressed? This is a tear. And, and this is, you know, uh, we're recording on, I'm going to just look at the date, March 20th, 2020. Um, we're in the middle of the Corona related shutdown stress. Uh, I don't know if we're in the middle, but wherever we are, we are. <laughs> but anyway, people are emailing her to say, can you release your new book? Sure, sure shot. We need sooner you. Because I want <laughs> to read it. And I feel that way too. And man, <laughs> I would love to have readers that felt that way about me. So, um, 
Yeah. I could do without the tattoos, though. I don't need people tattooing anything <laughs> having to do with me on their bodies. I'm, I'm getting one. I'm getting your face Now we're all going to do it. Yeah, we're all doing it. The test of the ultimate friendship. Do you have your best friend's face on your butt? Well, on your butt, even better. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. And maybe, you know, we are, we're, we are, we're all pretty successful. So I think that probably helps, but we are also extremely well aware of how much the others work for that mm, success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have no illusions that anything is coming easily. Um, and that probably helps too. Maybe, yeah, we maybe it's all our the work ethic stuff. that is part of what holds us together. We, yeah. we are three people with a massive work, with maths, massive work ethics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We saw all of the foundation work that was put into this. I mean, KJ wouldn't be where she is without all of the, you know, writing she did to get there. And, you know, Serena, it, it's, there's so much. And the fun part is that, you know, when I read Serena's work or KJ's work, I'm like, oh, there's that, I, there's that little bit. That's from a germ of a conversation we had like three <laughs> years ago. That's yep. what's so cool is, is a book fun. will come out. I used to, sometimes Serena writes with other authors like Elle Kennedy, and it's always a game for me to find Serena's bits, her voice in the, you know, even though Serena and Elle write so seamlessly, every once in a while I can pick out, you know, ooh, Serena wouldn't have made that reference because she doesn't like scary movies or something like that. It's really fun to sort of see um, our friends in the work that they do. It's, it's, uh, it's like being an insider. It's really exciting. So I yeah. feel like people might be wondering, you know, well, great, that's lovely for you, but how can I find these? these <laughs> it's like you anticipated um, I, our ne my next question. <laughs> yeah, same. It's like you have your own that's podcast. That's my podcast yeah. job is always, I feel like our listeners might want to know. Yeah. Right, or, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm always, um, and I think we've been giving clues to that throughout this whole thing. And if I had to make a list, um, you know, I would say, uh, sticking with with people, uh, putting your emotions out there, putting any professional jealousy out there, uh, you know, responding with a question rather than, you know, gathering something that was that you felt hurt by up into up into yourself. Um, there's work in there's work involved in having this too. And for for. How much has, this is so, I'm going to ask you a question. How much would you say that doing the podcast so regularly has contributed to helping you stay so close and in touch? Oh, massively. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. 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 We are much closer because of the podcast. And I think it also keeps us on track with writing um, because mm -hmm. like we're able to check it. Like every time we finish recording, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally a writer. You know, it doesn't matter if it's at the end of my long work day or something like that. Um, it really recharges that. So I think that's a really important element. Well, KJ mentioned, you know, how to maintain those friendships. But one of the things that I find really interesting about KJ is she has a bunch of relationships that she originally, and we both do, but uh, I'm thinking um, of KJ's friendship with, for example, Laura Vanderkam. They met online in an online writing um, writing group and have maintained that friendship. And then there are lots of our other writer friends we met through conferences, for example, Mom 2.0 or Blog Her or whatever. Um, we, you know, we put ourselves out there at these conferences, which, you know, 
can be really hard because these these conferences are really intense. And you know, KJ and I both have and our everybody else is way cooler than you and knows. Yeah, way you're more never than the cool, has been you're multiple never the cool times, kids. and yeah, you're never the right. cool kid at a conference, right? But we, I'd say, some of our closest friends are people we have met through these either online writing things or com- writers conferences, that kind of thing, and um, have worked hard to maintain those relationships because most of those are long distance as well. Yeah. I, I often think to myself, okay, so here's this person that with whom I have a, a small connection, I would like to make it greater. How can mm-hmm. I make it greater? Um, right. You know, would they make a good podcast guest? And if they wouldn't, that we don't do it. Uh, you know, could we, is there another project we could do together? Would they, you know, would they be happy if I texted them just something funny in the middle of the day mm-hmm. or no? I, and it's just, you know, um, what, what can what I, I like do to, to, do to strengthen th- those? Because I think so many of us are stuck with our ten, our circumstantial friendships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and our circumstantial friendships are lovely. But to find the ones that are going to sustain us, you know, into our 80s and 90s is, um, is, is different. One of the things that I found really interesting uh, um, about one of my friendships, I have, I'm friends with this woman, Phyllis Fagel, and she wrote a wonderful book called Middle School Matters. And I met, I started reading her work in the Washington Post her, from her very first piece in the Washington Post. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. A school counselor who's writing about um, sort of the same stuff I'm writing about, about the intersection of parenting and education, but from the perspective of a counselor. And then we happened to meet at a conference, like, I don't know, six months after that. And I said, oh my gosh, I love your writing. Um, And she was just starting out. She'd really only written a couple of things. And uh, we've sort of became each other's big cheering squad in the education arena. And she's become a really sort of well-known author in the education arena on her own. And it's been so fun to support her work since she first started doing it. So what I really try to do is find writers whose work I really, really love and then give them some uh, help them in any way I can to have a bigger platform. And, you know, for me, that means, you know, I have a pretty significant Twitter following. So I love to say to a bunch of writers that I like, I'll email and I'll say, do you have a piece you're particularly proud of right now that I can help um, promote? And that really is constantly helping bring up new writers and solidifying these friendships with people that I just, whose work I really dig and who's, um, who I like as people. And, and I do that because I constantly keep one other writer in my head and that's AJ Jacobs. AJ from before I had anything published was supportive of my writing for, I have no idea what reason. I think I wrote him a fan letter <laughs> And AJ has been supportive since day one. And so I constantly think to myself, what would AJ do? And AJ would be uh, supportive. And so I want to, you know, give back to other writers what they've given to me. And that's where a lot of my writer friendships have come from. Well, there's your tattoo. What would AJ do? <laughs> W-A-J-D. He'd be so proud. I, you got to get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and you two have done something, really, well, three, because Serena too have done something really great where you have your um, your podcast related, your hashtag M writing Facebook group, where I am sure there are so many connections being made all the time. I love that group so mm-hmm. much. It's just because we moderate comments mm-hmm. in there and, you know, it's sort of a, we do keep, keep a lid on self-promotion and stuff like that. It's just, 
it's what we envisioned, I think, from the very beginning. Uh, you know, we really wanted to be very helpful to people, flatten the learning curve for people and create a space where people could support each other and learn from each other. And that um, hashtag Amwriting Facebook group has been, it, it's been such a cool space. Even I've, uh, even though I hardly look at Facebook at all, I do look at the, that group. Yeah, I have day. that specifically bookmarked. Too, yeah, I do too. Because I don't look at the rest <laughs> of Facebook. So, yep, I can go straight there without. Yep, yep. I can go straight the there feed. and come straight back out. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Just to protect myself. Yeah. So, to answer, to go back to what KJ was saying, if there are listeners who are like, I'm all alone. Um, that's a good place to start for finding mm-hmm. writing groups, but you have to give as much as you take. Um, yeah. And like yeah. when both of us on both our podcasts, we had Lydia Dunworth, um, who is amazing. Um, yeah. And her book Friendship. And that was one of the definitions of friendship, right? That you, it's a constant, like you have to, the other, both people have to get something out of the friendship in order or out of the relationship in order for it to yeah. count as a friendship. Um, yeah. So so let's talk about this whole, you were, how do you deal in professional, like a situation where you are professionally linked as well as personally? Um, so not on the same scale at all, but at different times when we were in college, you know, Olivia was my editor on the school paper. Um, and that experience actually has made it a lot easier for us to work together as far as can you can you read this story and give me what we call because she's a I mean you basically are like basically kind of a forensic accountant type person so I'm like can you give it what Olivia calls the forensic edit like don't hold back and it doesn't hurt my feelings because it's all in the interest of making it better um that's such so, a great term, the forensic edit. I love yeah. that. And it's, it's the ugly exactly one. exactly the same, whether it's a school newspaper or the New York Times, because the, the, the <laughs> it's not about the writing. It's about what you're saying to your friend about their writing. Yeah. So the circumstances under which you're saying it, I, I, don't, I don't think they probably managed matter at all. So I think, yeah, I feel like the moment when I was like, well, I can't, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not going to do anything different here than I would do for anyone else. And, um, yeah, but I, KJ, I, I, you have to admit. I remember distinctly is a moment when I, I, I texted you and I was like, I asked you for a thousand words and yeah, you gave know, me 1800 words and it's going to take me hours to cut it and you cut it. And that <laughs> was just, well, I would feel like that just, just, you know, I was having a bad day. The, I don't don't care that you did it. I think it just matters that I was able to say it. You certainly were not the only person to to do that. Um, I think we have to back up, though, because this was an incredibly fraught thing for you in the first place. I think we had the idea. We had the idea for the parent teacher conference as a series um, from the very beginning. But I also understood that you. people knew we were friends. So for you to say, I want to publish this person's work, my work had to be even better. Yep. And, and that, because uh, I didn't want anyone to think that I got this because we're friends. So there was an added layer of pressure, not only because of that, but then on top of that, I came to understand from you what it means to have to do a retraction, what it means to have to do a correction. And so as my friend there was enormous pressure on me to be 
even better because I didn't want anything to ever blow back on you that I did wrong. So it wasn't like this disembodied editor out there that you want to impress. It was someone I care about deeply. And so I felt like I had to be better and my work had to be as clean as possible. And my research had to be dead on and double checked and triple checked in order to hand it over to you because there was no way I, you know, from a friendship perspective, I couldn't let you down. So I appreciated from the beginning that you had to, uh, that you really did put yourself out there for me. And I felt like I owed you a lot um, because of that. Well, I just want to say thank you for proving me right. <laughs> the moments later when people would be like, oh, if you can get her to do it, you know, like people were so impressed that you had, that those were all, the, those were all very lovely when I it just. Well, and what KJ would tell me about them, she would, she would email me and she'd say, so-and-so likes your work, which means, phew, this isn't just me anymore out there <laughs> defending your work. It's true. It's true. But no, but then you got like, famous, you know, and, and now, uh, but then I also uh, had to have corrections done and that, you know, those sorts of things are really, you know, those are tense. Those are because, you know, for those people who don't know, like there's people keep track of corrections. And when, when someone has to have a correction done on their work, it's not a small deal. And so, you know, when those kind of things happen, but it happens. And and we also, we had to negotiate a, a language, uh, for me anyway, I felt like our language of our friendship and the language of our work was slightly different. It was a little more, um, I don't know, I was I was trying to be as absolutely clear as possible. Um, there wasn't any sort of sarcasm masking such and such so that it right. wouldn't be clear. I tried to be super clear about like, here's what I'm thinking, here are the quotes I'm going to get, blah, 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 blah. And I was a lot less jokey, definitely, in our business relationship than in our friendship relationship. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I was going to ask if you, yeah, if you sort of kept everything professional, like, I don't know, on email, and then, you know, you still had your chat group going or something like that. Because I think nah, we it wasn't really quite. have the chat yeah. group then. Okay. I think yeah. that is a piece of it, too. I mean, or, or if we did, it wasn't what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, this it wasn't quite that delineated either. It was yeah. just, it was just the, the, the realization that this was big, like, in terms of starting both of our careers, in terms of, you know, the responsibility for, you know, what's going to happen to Motherlode slash what it became later through the well, um, you know, all of that stuff being, you know, KJ felt a professional, a professional duty to the person, Lisa Belkin, who had Motherlode before her. Um, there was all sorts, and, and Lisa Belkin is a friend. And so there's all kinds of interesting layers to the responsibilities and duties we felt to each other. And I think that's something. But it's also yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say it's also a way in which I mean we often say, you know, successful success breeds success. So when you get jealous of a friend having a piece of success, um, you know, one one thing to re- I just see again and again people sort of succeeding in groups, and mm-hmm. some of it is that we we pull each other up. Um, you know, just did not by any means write for me at the Times because she was my friend, except that she did write for me at the New York Times because she was my friend. Because who right. knows if I would have seen her. I mean, you know, I was getting thousands of things a day, whether or not I would have pulled her out and then realized it if she hadn't been right. Who knows? So to some extent, that does happen. And it is part of why our friendships matter. Um, you know, I, Lisa Belkin and I were very loosely friends and that contributed more than a little to my ability to get that job at the times later. Um, it's, you know, 
we, we do this stuff together in a in a good way yeah and when you hear about it working though yeah i think uh, it's that you have this group or this friendship mentality and you help each other i think that's completely reasonable but also you owe each other responsibility right like to make it happen it's yep. not just like oh now we're friends now we just like publish whatever we want i mean you still have to put in the work and the time uh and being friends sometimes makes you take it even more seriously as you were saying uh, Jess. Well, and sometimes Absolutely. that becomes an interesting question. I, I, I'm sort of like, how much of your friend stuff do you, and I, this is not, this does not apply between the three of us. It's more like other, but if your friend has written something that you don't think is quite so great as other things, <laughs> how much do you, I mean, you, and you're not in an editorial position, so it's not like you're going to say something, but um, I frequently find myself in a position of like, a friend has written something that I now want to share, but also, you know, I, there are better things that I could share. Um, it gets really, I, I still don't know how to deal with that. I, I there are no times idea. what I've, what I've found is there are also times like we definitely, especially among some of our friends that have really huge social media platforms, we definitely don't ask each other to share everything. But when something no. really matters, boy, people come through. When we get a text from a friend saying, you know, this piece is really important to me. Could you share it? It's like all hands on deck. People are sharing it all over the place. It's really And then nice. I, have, I have people in my world that ask too often and I just don't respond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I yeah. share. Yeah. But it is, it's really awkward. It's an awkward thing. Do you thing, guys right? feel that same thing where you're like, yeah, I could share that? <laughs> I think. Uh, oh. Yeah, go ahead, Megan. Our platform's not quite at the same level as yours. So. <laughs> but we, yeah, there are times when you're just like, mm, I'm just going to ignore that and move on. Yeah. And I like, think. I'm doing this thing on Instagram where I talk about um, a, a novel every week because I've been working really hard to get more into the fiction writer community as opposed mm -hmm. to the nonfiction. My, my connections are so deeply journalistic and that's fantastic, but I want to know more fiction writers um, from this sort of loose connection point of view. And, and also I want to know more readers. So this is actually a, a geared at connecting to readers. So I do this thing on Instagram called books that won't bum you out. And it's a little IGTV series. And every week I, I hold up a book and I talk about it for about a minute and 30 seconds. Cause that's all as long as anyone will watch anything like that. Um, and I'm having a really good time with it, but I'm already starting to see like, sometimes I'm starting to know the writer. Yeah. And I don't like, I really don't want to mess with this sort of, I'm only doing that once a week. So I'm already starting to go, wow, that has got potential to be awkward. Yeah. 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 And you can see how like books, I mean, I'm not going to name any names here, but like books that like are not that good get amazing reviews because everybody knows each other. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would be blurbs, which I still, so funny. <laughs> blurbs, I still yeah. believe no, yeah. blurbs. I still believe them wholeheartedly. I know. I look too. at them on the cover of the book and I go, oh, so and so loved that book. And even when I know that so and so and so and so live in the same city and belong to the same writing <laughs> group, I still do it. I'm such a. I don't know. Yeah, I've never believed that that spiel about the fact that blurbs don't really make any difference, mainly because they I know to difference. me they make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. if there's a book I'm torn on, I'll look to see who blurbed it and what they said about it. And, 
you know, and, but I have to say in terms of blurbing, I take blurbing, I, because of that, I take blurbing really seriously. I never, ever promise to blurb a book. I promise to read books, which again can get really complicated because many of these people are friends also. And I'm, I live in fear. Um, I've been lucky so far, but I live in fear of agreeing to read a book and then, you know, not liking it. Um, It's, it's been, that's something that just, it haunts me. Yeah, I'm going to own that I pretty much am just a yeser on the blurbs. <laughs> if it's on topic and I think the person, I'm not going to be that way with novels. Should I be in the fortunate position of having anyone ask me to blurb their novel? Um, but with if it's, if it's about parenting and I know the person and I know their work to be solid, I'm probably going to say something positive about it. Because that, that just was an easier, it was easier to have a policy. Yeah. Well, see, mm, but I think the smart. difference is I get asked by a lot of people who self-publish things or who are oh, coming yeah. out on, like, mm. because I, because I'm in because I'm in the education yeah. space heavily, and the education presses are different from. I mean, they're yeah. still great, and you know they have great editors and all that stuff. It just it's slightly different. I get asked a lot to read stuff that people are putting out on a vanity press, um, because that's honestly vanity if you don't presses have something are that's... not vanity presses, even though no, 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 no. I know, I know, that. that's let not what know, I meant. But I just wanted to make sure everyone knows that you know that. But let's let's put it <laughs> let's make it really and loud. I. I really did mean Vanity Press. I'm talking about someone who's like, you know, putting it under, you know, their their middle name press because they're doing it themselves. Um, and, and that's fine. And there's, you know, there's lots of great stuff that I have blurbed that has been put out either independently or on a vanity, you know, someone under someone's name. But, you know. There's, I get asked to do a lot of them. I mean, I honestly, I, there are times of the year when I'm being asked to blurb two or three times um, in a week. Mm. So I have to be a little, yeah. 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 Well, and I think, I mean, just. Otherwise it doesn't mean anything. That's the other thing is I'm, yeah. I'm, I want my, I want when someone picks up a book, to, you know, AJ Jacobs made this joke in the New York Times a bunch of years ago. It was about like 10 years ago now about why he wasn't going to blur books as much anymore because he blurbed everything. And the joke was made that it was harder to find a blur, a book not blurred by AJ <laughs> Jacobs than it, you know, and so he wrote this, he made fun of himself in the New York Times. And, you know, at a certain point, I want people to pick up a book and say, oh, Jessely, he, you know, um, blurbed this and, and that means something. Yeah. So. Yeah. And KJ, I mean, you didn't say like, I'll do everything, right? You also said right. uh, no. it needs to be somebody whose um, work you think is solid, right? Yeah. No, I've, I have I have said no, but as a general rule, yeah. Yeah. Um, the answer yeah. is, yeah. but don't, don't, don't let this mean that you should uh, call me up and ask me to blurb. <laughs> she's not taking any random blurb requests I'm not like taking requests um yeah, yeah. no no and I, intend, <laughs> I think i'm going to approach the world of novel blurbing differently i think that what i'm really saying here is that i i i want to be generous about it and frequently the reason for me to not blurb something would not actually have to do with the quality of it, of it. i if something was bad i would still find a way to but most things that have sort of gone through the process and and are at the stage of asking me, and there are often people that have written for me before, because yeah. I mean, hundreds of people have written for me as an editor. Um, you know, they're they're going to be good. So the reason to say no would tend typically to be about time. Yeah. And I have just decided that I will use my time in this way. Like I, it, you know, I I said no while in cancer treatment, but other than that, I tend <laughs> to say yes. Yeah. 
Well, we also don't give negative reviews of books on our podcast, except in very rare occurrences where something's been at the top of the New York Times bestseller list for, you know, 52 weeks and we think that the, the author can handle it. Just because we <laughs> figure it's so much work to write a book and yeah. there's so many great books to talk about. Why, why bash a book? Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Although yep. sometimes I wish I had some secret anonymous place where I could say what I really think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, want I usually, that. it's funny because I'll, my, my, uh, my usual thing is I threw, you know, I say something like I threw this book across the room. It was so frustrating to me. And then all these people on the hashtag I'm writing Facebook group are like, come on, give us some hints. What was the book? <laughs> and they try to guess. Like if I say right now, it happens to be, you know, you know, in the top 10 of the fiction, New York times bestseller list, people are like, is it this one? Is it this one? But no, there's just not, you know, and, and who knows, uh, those people may end up being friends. And why would I, why would I do that? Yeah. And then yeah, you just start some kind of. everybody that I'm friends with writes books that are for me. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And you start some kind of weird Twitter war that you didn't even want to be in, especially when you have the platforms <laughs> that you do. Like, you know, you just see things blow up for stupid reasons. And it's like, okay, it's not a good use of my emotional energy to deal with the blowback from that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm conscious of time. I want to ask you like your tips around scaffolding for your friendship. So we've talked a lot about like soft things or whatever, but I know you also have like routines that keep you plugged into your friendship and keep your friendship close. So if you're developing a creative friendship, um, which is a little bit different than a creative partnership, but if you're, you know, trying to make friends, like what are your top tips for helping um, writers to like really keep that friendship together? Um, have a have a channel of communication that is maybe unique isn't the right but it's that's just when when you meet people that you want to be a part of like find a way to sort of pull yourselves um, out oh I have a great one uh, start the thing you wish someone else would start I've actually been meaning to write like a blog post slash top five slash something about this <laughs> but if you are sitting around going dang I wish someone would start a writers group and ask me to be in it hello, start a writer's group and ask people to be in it. Um, if you're thinking, wow, I wish I had a little text group with a couple of writers like, like Jess and Serena are saying they do, you know, ask two people, say, hey, you know, want to text each other daily encouragement or want to be my accountability bunny and every day will, and some things will take and some things won't. Um, you know, I have friends with whom I, you know, we sort of said, well, we're going to text each other daily and it's going to be, and then it just didn't work out to be that, but it's still something. It's just a different thing and that's okay. I think that um, one of the things that's been really helpful for me, um, especially in my relationship with KJ, is that is getting some clarity on certain things. Like I think the times when we've had hiccups in our relationship was, was, was because someone didn't say, you know, I would really prefer not that we not talk about this thing or um, navigating, you know, learning, learning a person can be really tough. And so the thing that's been best for me is when Serena or, or KJ just comes right out and says, you know, right now I really would prefer that we not talk about politics on this text thread because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I at least know so that I don't inadvertently upset someone when I didn't mean to. And I appreciate that clarity. And, you know, if I, and then KJ knows that if I do talk about something that is politics on the text thread, it's because it's really, really important to me. And so we both gain from that kind of clarity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense, definitely. Those are both really good. It's really good advice. Um, so our last question is, um, 
we've been trying to ask people just what are you into these days? And it can be, what are you reading? But it doesn't have to be, it can be whatever, you know, weird obsession you have right now. Um, just what are you, what are you into these days? Your mini ponies or your <laughs> hockey kids or whatever. I can so. give you a weird one, which is that we are, so as I said, we're recording on March 20th and, and uh, life is feeling very canceled and who knows how, how it's <laughs> going to be feeling later. But um, so in, in light of the fact that our trip to Disney World got canceled and my May trips all got canceled and our summer travel is hopefully not going to get canceled. But anyway, um, we're just not going to go there right now. But anyway, the fun thing that I got into, the thing that I came up with, the thing that I've been wanting to do for a long time and was like, now is this time, is that we are getting a German Shepherd puppy. Oh my oh, gosh. Fun. Is going to be trained. I am rereading all the books of the monks of New Skeet about <laughs> oh, dog training those. that I use. So I had very well trained dogs when I lived in the city. I've trained a dog to the therapy point. Um, I I did this in like as a as a young as a high schooler I had a dog that I had, you know, obedience trained up to a, a high level. Um, I love doing this. But we have two dogs right now that are sort of just uh, erratically they're decently behaved they're pretty good dogs but because we got them when we had toddlers right so this right. dog is gonna we're gonna go back this 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 dog is gonna be well trained and i'm rereading all the monks's books and the book is the dog is actually coming from the monks of new ski oh that's so, exciting because they're I'm up there kind of where you guys are excitement. yeah they're only two hours away <clears throat> my puppy ate the or she's 17 now but she ate the puppy monk book um, <laughs> like, well that's one way to yeah um yeah. but she did she's she's a good girl most of the time so i have you? um yeah so so not only has you know are we home and stuff like that but for me that means that i was actually not supposed to be at home at all for the most part in march and april i travel a lot i do speaking at schools and community organizations and you know businesses and so that's a big part of my income and i love it i absolutely love it um, but this time of year it also means that i can't do certain things i would really like to do at home and my busiest part of the travel year happens to coincide with getting gardens ready mm. so and we moved to so when when i lived right near uh, KJ, I, I used to live literally like up, uh, just, I walked through a couple meadows and a dirt road to get to her well, house, I'm but now I live angry that she left. I know. I know. <laughs> um, when I lived there, I had extensive gardens. It was almost a small farm and the, um, the gardens, I live in a very different sort of space. Now I live in the woods and it's shady and it's, there's hardly any topsoil. And so all of those things that I have been nesting in terms of the gardening, I've not been able to do because not only am I away when the gardens are being prepped, I'm away in the fall when things are being harvested. So I, uh, I have not had a chance to really sink into that big time. And that's, that's part of what I really would like to do. And I've been doing um, all of those sort of little house projects that you're like, oh yeah, well, that's definitely something that's on my to-do right away list. And now we've been in the house for over 18 months and I just finally got to a few of them. I repainted a whole bunch of stuff. So for me, it's really about that sort of fluffing our new nest and getting our house the way I would like it to be now that I can be present. So that's been, and you know, the other thing that's been really fun is my unexpectedly now I have my college kid home and I was not, 
I sort of was in the mindset of, oh, it's so sad. He's, you know, because especially now that he works during the summer, I was thinking, oh, he's kind of one foot out the door. But suddenly I get him back for a little bit. And it's been it's been really fun to reconnect with him as well. So it's I'm, I'm very internal at the moment to answer your question. Oh, that sounds awesome, though. Sounds like the right place to be <laughs> for the moment. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's really nice answers, both of you. And uh, it was really a joy to have you back on our podcast. It was so yeah, much sure. fun to be here. This was, was a so great way to spend an hour today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, today, especially, it was a great way to sort of reconnect with the things that I value most about my friendship with KJ. So thank you for giving Aww. me the opportunity. Yes. Aww. Agreed. We're happy. happy to facilitate. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, friendship's kind of a big deal right now. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank you, Lydia Denworth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it for this week. You can find us online at marginallypodcast.com and on Instagram at marginallypodcast. Our email is podcast at marginallypodcast.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our newsletter. The sign-up form is on our website. And if you enjoy the show, please consider rating it and leaving a review in your podcast app and or sharing an episode with a friend. This will help us to grow our community. Thanks for listening and happy writing. Marginally is produced by the two of us, Megan and Olivia. So excuse any amateur issues. We're working on it. Theme music is It's Time by Scotty Cody Casca. Show notes for every episode are available at marginallypodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Marginally, you might also enjoy one of our favorite podcasts, Hashtag Writing with Jess and KJ. Every episode is full of great information and encouragement. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts or find the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. And it was really sweet to see that, you know, friendship will win out even when we have to be socially distanced from each other.